Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Garden Gardening. <laughs> and we're going to have a little garden party here for the next couple hours. We're here till 11 o'clock. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open early this morning, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text line. You can send me pictures in. I've already got a few people sending stuff in. Or if you're calling from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And a little bit of a wild storm coming in last night. I know we were out in the northwest area part of town, and it followed us to the south. And we just got the very end of it, so I'm not sure if uh, any parts of the city got any major hail or anything like that. It seemed to be just that soft pea size kind of just bounce off most of the foliage. And, uh, but... Anyways, we're going to get a few of those, and that's the typical Calgary, Alberta. You get the the little bit warmer day, it heats up, and then it hits with that cool temperature, and it comes swooping in from the west and uh, usually comes in and leaves just as fast. But uh, some of them can be pretty nasty, a little bit windy out there. So anyways, hopefully everyone fared well. I know there was some big claps of lightning. I know we had a couple of issues here at the station, and then actually where I was out uh, they also uh, knocked out the sound system with the at the at the at the function we were at with that one big clap of thunder that happened out in the north there. So it was uh, it was pretty loud from what I understand. I w- I wasn't quite there yet when it came on right around two o'clock in the afternoon. So, anyways, lots of stuff going on in the gardens right now. It's nice to see this moisture helps to green everything up a little bit. It's nice to see all the trees starting to give her a bit. And uh, and one thing you can do is go out and look out in your garden. And if you're seeing, like, dead branches, things that just haven't come up on your hydrangeas or spireas and things like that, it's perfect time to cut back the dead, damaged, or diseased branches or anything on your plants. It just it just hinders the growth moving forward. It, it'll use up its energy trying to push leaves and foliage into that deadwood. And you'd rather use that energy going into nice, good new growth. So cut all that stuff out, and uh, especially on your shrubs. And if you end up with like a half a spirea, and and I know I got some of the blue fox willow in my backyard, and it's kind of wonky looking. Half it got some winter kill, half didn't. I'm just going to take it right down to the ground and let it just come up right from the bottom. And uh, I know there's a couple people out in uh, in the Cranston area that got a little bit of frost. There was a little ice on some of the some of the people's decks out there, from what I hear. So, a little bit nasty, a little bit cool still. I know the night before, it's it's uh, we had a little bit at the garden center. Some of the potato vine, you can see it looks wilty. It does not take any kind of frost at all. Any kind of cool, it just uh, it withers up. So. If you're living out in the Bears Pie area or some of the spots or some of the cooler parts of town, you just got to be careful where you're doing where you're doing some of these tender tender plants. So make sure you ask when you're in the annual section out at at Spruce It Up or another one of the garden centers. Just ask, say, hey, I'm, I'm not in a warmer spot. Sometimes you get some cool nights. So some of the plants you'll stay away from. But some plants that just love that, like petunias. And if you want those big full ball hanging baskets they're called it's a vista petunia and we got those down at spruce it up and they're just gorgeous and they just you put two or three in a pot and they just fill right up and you end up with a big massive ball of blooms looks phenomenal and also one other little tip 
is uh, is fertilizing. Once a week, you want to hit your annual baskets and things like that. Make sure they have lots of food. We have a short season, so it's worth a little extra effort. Give them a little bit of nourishment. And basically, you want to use 20-20-20 or 15-30-15 for most of your annuals and, and perennials and to give them a boost. But your perennials and your trees and shrubs, we're going to stop fertilizing at the end of July. So right now, you want to give them a few shots before the end of July to give them a boost into the root system, get them going. And any of your blooming trees and shrubs, you want to definitely go 15, 30, 15. That'll build up the high middle number for blooms for next year because that's sort of what happens. They start building up their energy for, for next year. I've got a couple quick uh, texts. Good morning. What do I do if I find fungus gnats in newly purchased soil for houseplants? Or even if it is bag that's never been used but has been sitting around for a while. It probably got wet and the fungus gnats get in there. I would just put it out in the sun, let it dry out. Um, you could spray the soil like with a pure spray green to get rid of them. But basically, if you just lay it out in the sun, um, open the bag, cut open the bag, spread it out, and just put it out in the nice hot sun for a couple of days, it'll it'll dry it all up and uh, and those fungus gnats will leave for the most part. And uh, you should be good to go. But if you do want to give it a quick spray of pure spray green, you can do that as well. And I got another one. Morning, Merle. What can I mix up or purchase to spray on my rose bushes? I have bugs that eat the leaves. Thanks. Um, Basically, again, pure spray green. Roses love it because it works as a fungicide as well. It'll get rid of any of the powdery mildew. It'll look after spider mites, aphids, things like that. So you can give your roses a quick spray sort of once a week as a bit of a maintenance. And it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. So it works really well for roses. They love it. They've been using it in the commercial rose industry like for 30 years. And it's a Canadian-made product um, produced by Suncor. And it's a byproduct of our petroleum industry, So which is, uh, which is a good thing. We don't always hear about the good things, do we? We sometimes only hear about the bad things. So there's a good one. <laughs> and uh, and it helps the economy as well. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Keith. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. How can we help you? We're having an issue with ants in our vegetable garden. We've got a couple of raised garden beds, and the ants are taking over. Yeah. What do we do with that... Uh, um, it's not going to hurt the vegetables. Yeah, so typically what's happening is it's, you maybe run it a little bit dry. The ants tend to go into areas where it's dry, and especially in a raised bed, if it's if it's mounded up a bit, they like going into those that's dry and warm. Um, so you maybe want to be watering a little bit more, but a product can use, again, and that's safe in the garden is the is the pure spray green. Pure and just spray give it, green. Yeah, give it a soil drench. Um, just soak in the, where the ant hill is and wherever they're forming in there. And that should definitely help you out. Okay. Do you have time for one more quick question? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I've heard it on your program a lot, but I don't remember what the solution was for dewworms. We've had dewworms moved into our yard here for close to 20 years, and and I water it lots. The kids have been picking them for going fishing, and they get like an ample supply, but we can't seem to get rid of them. Yeah, it's what it is. It's again trying to water a little bit more slow and deep, um, get the moisture down because the worms are typically coming up to the top where it's a little bit moisture, and there's just nothing down below for them, and they're just they're tired of pushing their way through that hard clay. 
So what I would recommend too is if you water water on the same day, maybe twice, like water 20 minutes at say nine o'clock and then 11 o'clock water for another 20 minutes or something. And just do that once a week just to help get some moisture down into the ground. That'll help push them down. Um, there's not really like it, it, it's a hard one, and that's sort of more of creating a, a different environment for them to get rid of them. Like there's not there is a they've taken away most of the sprays, and some of them are were kind of dangerous anyways. Like they would come up, and if the birds would eat it, then the birds would go. Like they got rid of seven, which was the last one that was available. Um, but basically, that's what I would do is just sort of create the environment. You can tro- top dress with some put loam, put about an inch or two of loam over top of your lawn. And then just get it nice and moist and, and just get them down back into the ground where they like, they'd rather be down there anyways. Okay. All right. That it's, sounds great. Yeah. Sorry great. about that. And uh, other than the old battery cables that they used to do in the old days, but I don't <laughs> recommend <laughs> I've always wanted to see that, but I've never done it and I've never seen it done. But you've always heard the, 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 the wives tales of that one. And uh, so you always wonder if anybody's tried that, but Hey, don't try it. I'm not recommending it. I don't want to see anybody do that, but <laughs> okay. hey, it was one of those ones that you kind of wonder, we'll leave the Americans do it. Hey, they can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can do it. Yeah. Anyways, this, this, um, that's all it is. If you create the environment, um, they will go back down. It's a lot of it is just, is in, same with, I mentioned about the ants earlier is changing the environment. If we make it an environment where it's going to bring them up, and no matter what you spray, it's going to just keep happening. So we might as well fix the problem at this and get a solution for it. Okay. All righty. All right. Super. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Keith. Bye-bye. All right. I got lots of time here. I'm going to go to Jane. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Great. Thank you. I have a few questions if you've got some time. Sure. Thank you. Um, I've got a big blue spruce. Yep. And this is the first year... I've gotten that sort of purpley pink. Um, yeah, and you're not the you're not the only one. This year was a really bad year for it because we went into fall, winter, going really dry. Okay. So some September to December was basically really dry. Uh huh. And then we got that really cold spell. Yeah. With the moisture sits and the snow came, but it only sat on top. It didn't get into the roots. Yeah. And a lot of it is sunburn reflecting off of the snow and freeze dried because because there wasn't a ton of moisture in the in the le- in the needles and that. That makes sense because it's on the west side. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's a lot of that is it gets the reflective on it, sort of like a sunburn because we all know our sun is intense. I've had friends and people come up from California or different places where they get lots of sun and they think, oh, I'm going to Canada. They can't get a sunburn up here, and they just. Out, out one day in our sun, and they just get fried because it's it's intense when it is out. Yeah, our our altitude makes a big difference on that. Absolutely, and it just uh, we do have the intense UV rays, so um, so that's mainly what it is. Most of the spruce trees will grow out of it. Oh. they'll shed some of their needles, and the, all the new growth will come. And so within a year or so, you won't really even notice all the new growth will come in and take over. Okay, it is near mostly near the ground, about three feet up. Yeah, I was going to cut it off, and then I thought, well, that's going to look so yeah. Just awkward. leave it and see what it does. Leave it. Open. Yeah, and you'll see there's probably new growth on the ends and all that. And then just really hydrate your trees. Like get one of those good soaker hoses that sweats out. Mm-hmm. Put it around the drip line of those spruce trees, and just leave it on there for. A while give it some 30 10 10 and yeah. that'll help push the growth up 30 10 10 all right got you and um that was sort of my second question in terms of fertilizer i appreciate you talking about what we needed 2020 and 1530 but 
Can you please explain the rage thing? Like, when do we use rage? I have understanding we don't use rage <clears throat> chemical fertilizers. No, well, yeah, it 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 doesn't need it. It it can it can work with it because you're not really trying to create the micro. Like, if you use a Mike's product, like the Mike Root Hormone, you don't use uh, uh, like a twenty 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 with Mike's. You let it do Long. its thing because it it creates a different environment. And then the mic is trying to get the root system, and then if you add a synthetic, it's pushing growth. Yes. So it's two different things. And the the rage is sort of I call it like a it's like a super compost in a bottle. You can use it all the time. People use it as for their blooming. They've had great luck with it. I sometimes on my blooms I like to add the twenty 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 or do that sort of. You do a few weeks of the rage, oh. and then switch to twenty 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 once you get the root super healthy. Okay. Um, either one, like it just, some people have great luck and your trees and shrubs, like birch trees. I love using the rage with it. It, they respond really, really well to, to, uh, to the rage plus it, it, it just, I've seen it do so many good things to plants. It gets things doing what they should do. Okay. Um, I had heard that the chemical or the synthetic kind of nullifies the microbial effect of the rage. Not true. Not really. It is just more on the Mike's product where you're, where you're really pushing that mic. Um, but if you're using the proper, like the 10, 50, 210 or 15, 30, 15, it still builds the mycorrhizae and it'll grow off of it if you've built that up. Yeah. For so, so for how long after I've used mics do I not do I avoid that? I I would for even for the first season like that. I would if I'm using mics on my f freshly planted trees. And that's really oh. the only time you use mics because you got to rub it on the roots, right? Mm -hmm. I would I would not really if you decide to go with the Mike's program I wouldn't use the ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen for that season. Okay, I'd let do its thing, let it root in, just do the watering, follow that process, and you'll be great. Thank you. I'm looking for some white, uh, hopefully perennials or kind of shrub type things, not necessarily a lilac or a peony. Um, for a west bed along the house. We have some great stuff. Um, lots of the hydrangeas will give you blooms all summer in a nice hot spot like that. Is and Annabelle the, the best one there? Um, no, Annabelle, is, it'll work there, but there's so many great ones. You could go Bobo, you could do the quick fires, have a little bit of a pink tinge. Um, there's the limelight. There's lots of that. Um, and just go into our tree lot, and we have a mass selection, um, largest selection in Calgary. And uh, mm -hmm. of all those kind of shrubs. So just uh, have a look. And there's so many great white. We have some great new varieties that will give us blooms all summer long. So All right. Yeah, that's what I'm wanting. Like the uh, mock orange was only about two or three. Yeah, it comes out. It's five. gorgeous. But then it's done, right? Uh, so. Yeah. All righty, Jane. Well, I got to go for a break here. So thank you for calling Thanks. in. And we'll chat soon. Good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and you take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's largest garden center with the best selection of annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs of all sizes. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And now we're going to head down south. We're going to go there all the way down. It's a jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> no wonder that oh. it's Mary that we love. Morning, Mary. <laughs> How's Dr. Merle today? Good, how are you? I need an answer. 
Just, just, ask, just ask Merle. That's my wife says she, she, the name should be. Just ask Merle. No, <laughs> call Dr. Time. Merle. Dr. Merle, oh, a tree know. surgeon. Uh, how, how can I help you, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I got laryngitis. Were you out, what, were you out partying last night? Well, no. I got almost hit by lightning again. You're crazy. Well, I got hit, you know, six uh, years no, ago. No, I remember you came in the store. You showed me you had the, still had the, <laughs> the wound, and you're out dancing anyway, around. Anyway, I get a little antsy when it's lightning. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's wrong. Is that Sage Hawthorne tree. Yes. With, with, uh, with Seagull yep. Hawthorne, the one that has the yellow yep. things. Yep. <laughs> anyway, it is so thick-looking. But I've been talking to it. So what else can I do? 2020, 2020, 2030, 20. Uh, is it just not, it's nice and thick. Just, it, but it should just start blooming here pretty soon. No, it's not blooming. I'm I know. having to get leaves on the darn thing. Okay, you got leaves yeah, on it? Scraggly. Yeah, you need to just, again, I would just, you got Rage Plus, don't you, Mary? Okay, lots I would, of it. Yeah, I would use the Rage Plus on it. Okay. Do that and really douse it good yep. with the rage. Yep, absolutely. Because you know I look after stuff. Absolutely. And anyway, the guy that's got all the problems with the uh, dew worms. Yep. Okay. Get a, get a <laughs> bottle of beer. Yeah. Lay a plank down and douse. Take some little cups and put it under the plank. And just make sure that they can get into the cups, put beer in, and he'll have he'll have drunk. <laughs> Isn't that for slugs, what? Mary, or is that for worms too? <laughs> yeah, the do worms. You okay, know? I know in, that's in sort of one that the, we use for slugs. Huh? I know we use that for slugs. They call us yeah, yeah. A well, slug the pub. ones in the garden. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, and so and they'll be drunk and they'll be dead. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and beer. That's it. Yeah, that's what my dad used to use. Oh, really? When he didn't drink it. <laughs> well, you don't want to waste a good beer, so there you go. <laughs> I don't like beer. I'm the only Dutchman that doesn't drink beer. <laughs> I know what I like? I like the, the Dutch, the, the non-alcoholic Heineken is actually really good. Yeah, well, that's what they say, but yeah. you can drink beer. I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a little vodka once in a while. Nice. And I know you like your tequila, Mary, so hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. With that damn worm in it. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye, Mary. Goodbye. <laughs> I think she had too much tequila last night. She sounds a little harsh. Harsh. <laughs> Anyways, we are, what do I got here? Dewworms, grind eggshells, put or use sand. Yeah, sharp sand works as well as a top dresser. Um, it doesn't like it, makes it really uncomfortable. Sharp sand's a little harder to find sometimes. Um, and here I got one. I bought a Ludwig Speth lilac earlier this year, noticing some of the leaves. They get that. They get a little bug in them, the lilac of that soft new growth. I really wouldn't worry. Pull those off on that on the lilac. There's not a lot you can do there. And uh, I would just, I would just uh, pull those off. And if you start seeing some bugs... Um, maybe bring them in in a Ziploc bag for somebody to have a look at. But I would think, um, for the most part, I see that on lilacs all the time. It's just, it's nothing you can do, and I don't think it's worth spraying 
or anything, but you are going to get a little bit of that uh, odd growth on it. But right now, I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. There we are. We're going to rock the gardens a little bit, which is always good. Nice to mix it up. And uh, Brian's uh, been working hard at getting us a nice little different diverse music intro, which is nice. So uh, uh, thanks to Brian for that. And I got a couple of texts I'm going to go through real quick here. I bought an Ohio Buckeye this year. Where should I put it? It looks like they have a wide canopy. Do they get quite wide? Um, They do and they don't. They can get about 20 feet wide. Quite a slow-growing tree. They take quite a while to get that big, um, like a long, long time. They're a hard, they're a hard wood. So not the fastest-growing tree, but one of the most gorgeous. We nicknamed them the prairie maple. Um, they get the most gorgeous fall color, um, which is beautiful, beautiful. And you get those true, like it almost looks like a maple. It has the big leaves. You get the big white flowers, and then you get kind of a chestnut. One of my favorite trees going on. And uh, also, I got another text, um, and it says, Merle planted a Toba Toba Hawthorn last summer in my front garden this summer. It looks lovely. It is a picture, beautiful, just starting to bloom. And actually, Chris, we're going to do what's hot in the tree lot. She's going to call in around 940, and I think we're going to chat about Hawthorn because they are what's hot in the tree lot right now. They're just about to come into bloom the toba and the and the snowbird, gorgeous, gorgeous, and uh, looking forward to always one of my favorite trees. Um, they're great front yard trees. They don't get really too big, but I won't uh, take all the secrets away from those. I'll wait till Chris gets here. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Christy. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I've got a thunderchild crab in my front yard that my developer put in. Mm. It's been there for about four years, and it's it's done well. My front yard is very sloped, and it sits probably in the middle section of the slope. This year, it's just not as profuse, and there's a couple branches um, where about, I'd say about half the branch has no leaves, so there's some dead wood on it. And uh, and no blooms. So, yeah. are the, are the, is the branches changing color from the rest of the bark as well? No, no. Okay, so that's a good sign. It's mean it's early in the dying stage. So what I would do is, it's when usually if it's on a slope, it's probably not enough moisture. Okay. So what I would do is get one of those soaker hoses or one okay. of those tree bags. Yep. Put it around the trunk. A tree bag would probably be best on a slope like that. Put okay. it around the trunk and then just fill that bag up four or five times. And then add some fertilizer to it the fifth time sort of thing. And like you, you could even do something like that, like a 20-20-20. Or if you have the Rage Plus, you could do the Rage Plus into it. But that's the best way to water a tree on a slope or those tree bags because it just soaks in really nice and slow. It just percolates out the bottom of those bags. Okay, and so that's better than those, those um, deep fertilizer sticks? Yeah, those sticks really don't do anything. Like they help okay. for maintenance, like to add a little bit of mo- like food into it. But most of them, you need a good blast. It'd be like, uh, yeah, it just yeah, it really doesn't do nothing. It'd be like li- trying to live off eating off a straw for us. Like you know, like right. you just it just sits there and dissipates a little bit. But you need a good f- like you want to sit down and have a piece of prime rib or something, right? Yeah. So Same thing. The tree needs that good bucket of fertilizer um, after you've watered it well. That's why I was saying water it three or four times first, 
with okay. just plain water, get get the soil saturated, and then add your fertilizer. That way, all your fertilizer just doesn't run away. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So do that, and you should see, hopefully, let me know what that does. But just go check the bark, and hopefully it didn't get any fire blight. Sometimes thunderchilds can get blight. Okay. Um, so you want to make sure, did the leaves curl over anything last year, like a black hook or anything? No. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, just check the bark, make sure it's no color change. If it's still the same color, we have a good chance that we can get some moisture up in there and get it going. Okay, thanks so much. All right, keep me posted. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's, we've had a lot of issue, like I said, just with it being so dry last winter, going into fall and winter, a lot of the hardwoods, apples, maples, hawthorns, amateur, just some of these hardwood trees, they, they just, they have a hard time. They didn't have the moisture in the ground. And when they go in the spring to fulfill, when they go to put all the foliage up into the, into the branches, there was just nothing down there. So the, the first instinct of the tree itself, defense mechanism is shuts down. It doesn't send the, the leaves all the way to the top so that's uh usually the biggest issue right there and right now i'm going to go to dale good morning dale morning how are you today good good how can i help you i have a caller aspen it's starting to, well it has been over a period of time uh, going leaves are going lime green i've been using rage on it yeah it doesn't seem to do anything yeah it's uh, how often are you using it well twice a year yeah um, the, the rage, somebody won't add a, a lot of the color. You need more micronutrients. So what I would do on some of that, if you want to get the color back into it, I would add, I would use like 30, 10, 10. 30, 10, 10. Yeah. All right. Yeah you, need to, yeah. you need a bit more of a boost of, right. uh, of the micronutrients. That's good to hear. Awesome. Everything else is good with it though? Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Bye-bye. Dale. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's some of those are like, like they're great in the roots and sometimes, but if your soil is lacking certain nutrients, and that's where I really like like the 15, 30, 15, 30, 10, tens, things like that, because then you're, you know what you're putting into your soil and it's going to give you those micronutrients that you need. So, and <laughs> I got one. I, uh, I have met Mary. I wouldn't want to be around her if she was fueled by tequila. <laughs> uh, yeah, too much fun. All right. Hi, Merle. I'm looking for advice on how to get rid of a clover patch in our southeast-facing lawn. Well, that's an easy one. Um, We have a product called Clover Thistle and Chickweed Killer. It works great, and it's a selective herbicide. So you can use it on dandelions, thistles, clover, and all that in your lawn. And uh, it's a broadleaf herbicide, so it won't kill the grass. And but it will get rid of all those other little pesky weeds. So I would just recommend you get that. Comes in a little jug, and it it will work wonders for you. And if you're using our green it up fertilizer, you'll have the the greenest grass on the block besides the other neighbor that's using it as well. I'm getting lots of pictures from customers and that that have been using the green it up product. And thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I love seeing those beautiful green grass. It just looks so good and it's working. Um, for us. So thanks again for sharing. I love seeing the results. It's, uh, it definitely, it, uh, lets me know what's going on out there. And I got a text from black currant bushes, losing its foliage and fruit. No obvious signs of insects. Any idea? Huh? It just, huh? It's kind of weird. Oh, you just put the paper in front of it so I could see what it was doing. Um, yeah, on the top, it almost looks, yeah, it's hard to see what what it's doing. It almost, like, it looks like it's just getting dry, but it looks like it's an older shrub. 
of some sort. Um, I would, if you could cut off a piece of that, put it into a, um, into a bag or into a Ziploc bag and bring it into the garden center and, and Chris or I can have a look at it in the tree lot there. I'm, I'm going to be there after the show today. If anybody's looking to come out and chat about their trees and shrubs, I'm usually around most of the afternoons after the show. And, uh, I always love doing that and chatting with everybody out in the tree lot and the annual perennial section. I kind of wander around and, and uh, chat with everybody and help out wherever I can. But that one, it's hard to just tell from the picture. I'm sorry, it's not totally clear. So I'm just, I'm, I'm missing it out on it a bit. And I'm missing out on something. I got to do some commercials, unfortunately. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And we got Chris here from What's Hot in the Tree Lot. Morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Merle. How how'd the tree lot look this morning after it's the wind? Beautiful. Yeah? No, it's all good. All awesome. Good. Awesome. Nice and lush, nice and sunny. Birds are singing. Yeah, isn't it nice there in the morning? I love Sunday mornings after a little bit of rain or even any morning after the rain. It just, uh, the birds are singing like crazy and bird, uh, Brad, the bird man, has his bird feeders out there. And uh, yeah. Living the dream. <laughs> I tell you that every day. See, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> hey, so a couple of exciting things starting to come up in the tree lot. I was kind of walking around the last couple of days and uh, and noticed that the hawthorns are just starting to fill right out, nice. And I've got a couple of pictures of uh, people that sent me one that we planted last year for them, but the hawthorns are just starting to look a little bit hot out there. Yeah, the hawthorns are, all the lime green leaves are just starting to pop. Uh, the flower buds are starting to form. It's a really great uh, small area tree. They grow like about 15 feet by 10, 10 feet wide, so nice for smaller areas. Yeah, great for front yards, right? Because some, yeah. sometimes you see where the wrong tree is put in, and like condo complexes should be using them instead of uh, elm trees and schuberts that yeah. I see too often planted. Yeah. Yeah, you get the, and the one the good thing about them is they're really pollution tolerant, so they do well in the in the inner city for sure. And actually, if you just drive down Acadia Drive, the whole boulevard is planted with the tobas, which are the and they've done that, well there. Oh yeah, they've been there probably probably sixty years. See, sometimes yeah. I wish the city then would. And we're not going to get on a rent, but sometimes look at yeah. some some of the things where they've had success and maybe yeah. do that more often instead of Absolutely. trying to do some of the things that they've tried to Something do. New. Yeah, no, look, they're quite nice. Awesome. So what else is uh, hot in the tree lot right now? Like, What's your, what's your favorite shrub right now? Actually, I want to ask you about hedges. I've got lots of people asking yeah. about a replacement for the Catoni Aster hedge. Yeah. I know we touched on it because a lot of people are having the scale issue. So what's yeah. what, what's some ideas that you could suggest for, for everybody? So I know a lot of people looking for the height as well. They want to replace yeah. the height of their hedge. So there's not a lot of hedging that grows that high, but we, the one that would do the best would be our lilacs. Yeah. So then, and you can kind of shape those to the shape you want, and you could still kind of get your six, eight foot if you're looking for that kind of yeah, height the, for your they, privacy. And the Diablo Nine Bark will still give you that six, seven feet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they yeah. love to be pruned. That's the one that I kind of have been going to on for the hedge material. Lilacs, um, the dwarf Korean one is a good one too, and the yeah. and the and Nine Barks. And then, of course, the uh, the um, Caraganas. Yeah. So the 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 yeah. The, the common or the globes or and yeah, what, the globes are really nice and the pygmies are really nice. They they give you a nice rounded shape, give you a nice formal hedge look, and you don't have to prune them. 
Um, yeah. And also, like, I know one of your favorite is the Turkestan bush. And, My favorite. Yeah. And, but that could be used as a hedge. Too. Like, a hedge doesn't necessarily have to be pruned to be a square or that shape. Like, yeah. you can do a nice informal hedge of shrubs that don't get real big. You just plant them tighter together. Yeah. So there's lots of little ones. Like, you could do spirea, I guess, or, or your favorite, like the, the Turkestan. Yeah, Turkestan's beautiful as a shrub, as a hedge, with the pink flowers and the orange centers. Turns that brilliant red in the fall. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. Last year, I've seen some of my, the most amazing um, Turkestans. I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah. this fluorescent red almost is gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the leaves stay on in the winter as well. They just turn up a darker purple. And so you kind of have that evergreen kind of thing as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots it's of good things cool. going on out there in the tree lot. So a beautiful day. Come by and say hi to Chris, you and uh, I'll be there later on after the show. So thanks a lot for your time, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Take have care. Bye. Bye bye. And uh, thanks again for Chris for taking some time out of her day to give us a shout and uh, chat with us for what's hot in the tree lot. But yeah, the the hawthorns are just looking really really good. We have some nice caliper ones that are just. Just starting to uh, come into bloom right now, so um, I would definitely come out and have a look at those if you're looking for a great front yard tree. Um, they're looking so, so good. And I got a couple minutes here. Let's do one more call. Ken Ken has been waiting a little bit. We'll go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I got two quick questions for you. Yes, sir. I've got a, about a 60-foot hedge of lilac. Uh, they're about 15 to 18 feet tall. And last year I had one or two trees die right in the middle of the hedge, and now I got four or five that are just totally right crispy. I mean, they're they're done. Yes, so, uh, that's kind of weird. I wonder if they're getting a bit of a virus, like, because I know there's a couple things going on with some of the lilacs. Um, is there lots of deadwood in the rest of it hedges, or is it pretty healthy looking? Uh, there, there's there's deadwood in there, but I mean it's not a whole, whole lot. I mean I go through it every couple of years and thin it out. Yeah, but this here just I mean when oh, they, it's just dead. Yeah, when they get that old, it, and sometimes it's worth it, and sometimes it's called a rejuvenation, and it, sometimes it's a little hard to do. And it, uh, on some that big, I think I'd maybe wait till next spring to do it. Um, but just take it right down to the ground, like six, eight inches off the ground. Mm -hmm. And you'll be amazed that you'll get four to five feet of growth the first year. And then it'll go back up to six, seven feet the second year. Like it just, it's amazing, but it'll all be nice new growth. Mm -hmm. And it fills in. I know I did it for a client quite a few years ago. And I think she was going to cut my head off at first when I did it. <laughs> I talked to her and she goes, what did you? Yeah, I said, please just be patient. I promise. I there, promise. There, there's all kind, like all the way in front of the dead stuff. I've got new growth that come up this year and it's got to be a good foot and a half tall. Yeah. And that's what happens because it's pushing all its energy into new growth, but okay. it's also trying to, it's wasting some of its energy on that old growth. Okay. So. And, and just sometimes it's worth doing just the rejuvenation on some of these older hedges, older shrubs that just get real old. Mm -hmm. You just take them right down, and then the new growth comes up from the bottom, and it's just it's amazing. Then you're just like, wow, then you got another good solid 10, 15 years out of it, and you're good to go. So you say do this early in the spring? Yeah, then? early spring before, it's, before it goes out, like before it leaves out. So okay. if we had a good day in April or even a bit earlier, like February, March, whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, I know that's a larger project, but if, if it's something you take on or you call guys like us that prune it up they'd be more than happy those are good winter projects for for a lot of the arborists in town so okay. um usually the pricing's a little bit more aggressive as well and uh, and they can just go at it and there's and uh, but right now it's taking all it's it's using all that energy any deadwood i would cut out right now yeah. but 
And next spring, I would look at doing a rejuvenation. Okay, one quick question for you, one more. A gentleman had phoned in about ants in his garden. Yep. Now, I live way down the Lethbridge area. We don't come to Calgary once, yep. once a year. Do you have, is there any other thing on the market besides pure spray green that I could put yeah. in my... Yeah, you can use, there's a couple, ant dust, diatomaceous earth works quite well. Um, I would just go into, there's a few garden centers down in that Lethbridge area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, stop in and, and see what they got. The ant out works really good. Um, and again, it's just, it's typically dry areas too. So maybe just increasing the water. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mixed, uh, some cow manure. It's got to be 25 years old. It's just like sawdust in with some real nice black dirt. And I keep it watered good, but the beets come up about an inch. And as soon as they start to leaf out, something just taking them right off, taking the leaves, everything right. And same in my green beans, they come up about an inch and a half. And yeah, all of a sudden that just... might, it sounds like it could be a little bit rich for the, to get a good root though. So maybe... I would cut that mixture in about half. Okay. Add some more soil into it. Okay. Um, especially for your root crops, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna probably they bolt up on you that, oh. with that too much too much nutrients. Okay, maybe that's I do have ants, but not a real bad. Yeah. So I just think a lot of it is the tree, the beet, and that are just bolting up, and they kind of look smaggy looking. Okay. Yeah, okay. that sounds like a bit more what it's doing. Okay. Well, thank you very much, sir. All right. Thanks, Ken. You have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Came across a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs here trying to answer all your questions out in the garden. Can't wait to get out there a little bit. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line. going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Meryl. I would like to say thank you very much for your show. I really enjoy it. Thank you. I'm, I enjoy doing it. It's uh, I look forward to it on Sunday mornings, and uh, and a lot of times when I'm out at different events, I get to chat with people, and uh, it's it's a, I'm I'm lucky. Like I'm not doing a political show where it's all negative, so I get to do I get to do what I love to do is talk gardening. So it's awesome. Awesome, indeed. Um, okay, I have a group of columnists. Swedish aspens. Okay. Uh, they've been there for 20 years. Okay. Last year, I noticed one of them halfway through the year, it, it just didn't c- completely leaf out. It just kind of died, half of it. Yeah. This year, it's completely dead. And I have another one that's starting to do that also. It's not at the end of the group. It's kind of in the middle. Okay. And is the bark really changing color as well? Like- well, to begin with, the year before it started to die, the first one had a, a chunk of black that I thought might have been uh, black mold. Yeah, they sometimes they get, they do get a black ooze, and sometimes it starts where there was a pruning done or some sort of wound Correct. or yes. something. Is that what happened? That is what happened, yeah. yes, when we had that heavy snow. Yep. And that's typically what happens. Same with us. Like if you just left your, if you, <laughs> this harsh, but if you cut your hand off or something and you just left it and you didn't deal with it, right? Um, it would just get all kind of fungus growing into your arms. So it's very similar to trees. So that's why proper pruning techniques, not leaving stubs, cutting at the right places, that way the wounds can seal and heal up and without causing disease. So that's... It's really important, uh, and especially after snow damage or things like that, that the, those things get looked after. Correct. So what had happened is it, I'm just thinking it just got the virus and just got the fungus going through the whole thing, and it just... Uh, 
Yeah, it's pretty well dead. It's it's got yep. that can line all yeah, the way yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's best is to get rid of it. Yeah, and you'll never you'll never save it or or part of it. And in, in in five years, you'll have to do it anyway. So you yeah, might as well so get I'll, the head start. And so I need you guys to come out and check it out and do all that then. Absolutely. Yeah, you can. Uh, Give us a shout just at the store and just ask for the prune it up and they'll leave a message or you can go online onto our website and click on the prune it up division and Mark will come out and have a look and give you a free quote and you're good to go. Okay, you want to give me a boost with your phone number right now? Or? Sure, 403-201-7525. 7525 it is. Thank you very much and have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. And where are we at for time? I think we got to wrap it up for this hour, and we'll be back for the second hour. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, <laughs> hot potato. Well, welcome back hot to Let's potato, Talk Gardening, and we're going to go to Veronica. She has some hot potatoes going on. Good morning, Veronica. <laughs> Hi there. How can I help you? (laughs) Well, I don't have much experience planting potatoes, but I stepped out on a limb this year, and um, I ended up with some seed potatoes. Oh, nice. So I cut them up, but it was quite a delay before they actually got into the ground. Only a few days ago I put them in, but some of the eyes were, oh, they had to be six to eight inches, like the the little sprouty things, six to eight inches long and then actually some of the potatoes were even kind of moldy so i'm wondering i would just cut off the mold a little bit but for the most part you're fine like they get shriveled up and really the eye becomes the root system and as long as they weren't shriveled up and and totally dried out but if they're a little shriveled up i've seen seed potatoes go in and and flourish after that put them into the ground water them well and then as it grows just keep hilling it up a bit okay. you know and i think it'll be fine the eye, the the ones, the sprouty things that were really long, like some of them, even though I planted them, I don't know, maybe six inches down, yeah. that sprout is popped right out, like it's out of the dirt. Okay. You can even cut them to make them a little shorter, which oh. is fine. Okay. So if you want to just do that, don't worry about that. Just cut a little bit off and it's it, totally fine. Okay. All Great. right? Thank but they're you. They're pretty resilient, pretty easy to grow, um, and there's nothing like new potatoes in uh, in the garden. Yeah, looking forward to it. Isn't it like it's some of the like you you buy all the potatoes you want at the store, and even the ones that they say are fresh, baby, t- but they still don't taste like ones out of your own garden. It's ama- <laughs> it's amazing. So truly. All right. Well, I Thank hope that all works out, and uh, good luck, Veronica. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I'm going to go to the fir- phone phone lines to the fur lines and and chat with Sheila. She has a fur tree issue on the phone line. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning, Merle. Enjoy uh, your show. Thank you. How can I help uh, you? Well, last year I had two uh, big old uh, rotten fir trees taken down out of the backyard. Okay. Um, I don't have a big backyard. It's actually more concrete than, than earth. Yeah. Um, and I need to do something back there. And, and I really, really uh, been doing a bit of research, I guess, on trees. And I do love the hawthorn, so I was glad to, to hear you talking about uh, about that earlier. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. So I'm thinking I could put two, I think they might work really nice back there. It's west-facing. Yeah. Is it um, in the same spot where the spruce trees were? I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Guess. The problem um, is is that you're going to, even though if you had the stumps grinded out, you're going to have all the roots tip probably in that same flower, or same tree bed or flower bed or shrub bed, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Planting bed. Um, I would, I would, 
either hire someone or do a soil rejuvenation on there. So it's it's a it's a lot of work, um, but it's worth it. You have to get in and dig out those stumps oh, okay. and the roots, and then add in some nice fresh soil. Otherwise, just going in planting. I know like we we get stuck on our planting crew and. And they think, oh, and an arborist had told them, oh, we did a, a stump grind. You can plant right here. It's fine. They can't, like, because they only go down 6, 8, 12 inches, 18 inches. But those big old stumps are down there. Oh, yeah. And, I, did have, uh, I did have the, the, the stumps ground, but for sure, I mean, they're... Yeah, the, they go down, like I said, 6, 8 inches, and it, it gets it off the surface. But if you want to plant in that same vicinity, it, yeah. it, it is really tough. And... Uh, that's what I and I and I make sure our pruned up crew know not to relay that to our customers as well because it's just unless they've done it they don't know and a lot of times arborists aren't the guys planting trees they're the ones doing the pruning and all that after so I always like to say to them hey you want to go on the planting crew for a day and uh, after you've told that guy it's okay to plant in that same spot and they usually <laughs> they, they usually learn after that 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 wasn't that much fun so and uh, it's it's so what what needs to happen is get in there dig out all the roots. And to remove some of the the soil because it's going to be fairly dry and it's been used up. Like so, you just need a good soil rejuvenation done in there. Okay. And and, and your company does that, so yeah, maybe I'll come visit you guys. Yeah, they'll do that. We'll come in, dig it out, and uh, and then rejuvenate the soil as well. Okay. All right. Alrighty. Thanks. And for we that. have some gorgeous hawthorns to choose from. So. Okay. Good. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. you. Bye, Sheila. All right, and let's go to, here we are, Kurt, and he has some sod issues. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can I help you? Um, about three years ago, we put in uh, some patio blocks in our backyard, mm-hmm. and we had to do some uh, um, replacement of some sod around there. Yep. So now the, the sod is different color than my original grass. Yeah. And how can I get those the same? Um, just a good consistent feeding. Um, so what I would do is again get our greened up lawn fertilizer and give it a good fertilizer on the. See what has happened is that the older lawn um, doesn't have the same nutrient and the and the fresh root. So I'm assuming that the new stuff looks a little greener than the old stuff. It does. Yeah. yeah. But, so um, you need to add. So get some of the greened up. Add uh, add just fertilize your lawn really quite well, and that'll even up the color in no time. Well, I've been using your fertilizer for. At least as long as that new sod's been there, like three years or so. Yeah, and it's still there. I mean, do I need to put some like nitrogen in no, there? No, th- but that should like if you're doing the green up on that spot. Like I said, I I, I, sh- I wish I would have took a picture of my yard this year because I just moved into a new house in February, and the lawn is in really really rough shape. And I I put an extra dose. I hit it with two bags of the green it up because I wanted to get a good roots going, mm-hmm. and. It's unbelievably green and just it's filling out. There's a bunch of dead patches from the dog, and it's um, so it does surprise me a little bit. Maybe not going quite enough of it. Maybe go a little heavier on the old part. Sure. Um, and three times a year. So the first time in the spring, you go one strength, and then the middle yep. of the summer, you, you take a third off, and then by the fall, you go one third less. Um, yeah, I've been following your directions okay. on the bag. And yeah, it stuff. should be because, like I said, you're probably one of the very first ones that I heard that haven't got it greened up, sort of. Hence the name, I guess, because there's a, lots of nitrogen in it enough to do it, and then the middle numbers to get the roots. Yeah. Um, so it should even it up really quite quickly, unless the soil's in really bad shape. You might want to top dress a bit. 
um, add a little bit of loam onto the old patch. Well, the, the grass is really nice. So yeah, it's, it's just really the well. color. Just yeah, the color. So that means it's just in the soil. So, okay. Um, I guess what you could do, uh, you could try and like fertilize this with a liquid for like a thirty, or you could get a granular iron and put it on that, and then try and get a little bit more green in that. But usually there's enough because I have the trace elements in the lawn fertilizer to get the the green into it. Okay, um, I'll just go and give it another shot of fertilizer. Yeah, try that and uh, and let me know because I'm I'm curious. Okay, thank you. And sure. you can even text me in a picture if you don't mind to the same number if you if you text and I'll just have a quick look. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Kurt. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye. And where I'm at for time. Here we are. We got Dale. Good morning, Dale. Hi, good morning, Merle. Hey, how I can got, I help you? Well, I got the I got the same uh, question about lilac hedges as mm-hmm. some of the previous callers had. So maybe I've got an answer already. But mine's an ever blooming lilac. Yeah, I don't know if they're any different, but I got about three or four good years out of it. It was covering one of those ugly green power boxes. Yeah, was and it like year, a was it like the Korean dwarf Korean lilac, like the smaller leaves? Um, it wasn't that one, but it was a bit of a smaller leaf. Yeah, okay. it's definitely smaller than the old-fashioned lilac. Okay, okay. And, but it grew to about four or five feet tall around the green power box. Yep. This year, I just have growth on the, I just have leaves, and the flowers are starting to bloom on the very tops of the hedge. The body of the hedge is just a bunch of sticks. Yeah, and as they get older, again, in those spots, and typically around utility boxes and that, they didn't put a whole lot of loam and nutrient stuff into those areas. Um, there's yeah. a lot more gravel and stuff, so you're going to have to feed it. Um, yeah, I'm on a riverbed, too, so yeah. I'm like a block from a river. <laughs> yeah. So but you, I, I put quite a bit in. Okay, so what, again, I would I would fertilize probably with something like that. I'd do the 15, 30, 15, um, and you might I'd do it once a week until mid-July. And okay. and you might even want to add some granular fertilizer into it. Like we have the we have an evolved product that's a tree and shrub food that you just mix it into the soil, and it just keeps food feeding on a steady basis. Or we have the groundskeeper's pride one as well. So either one of those you can mix in there just for um, constant feeding. But to get it going nicer instantly, yeah, I would give it a couple shots, even like the thirty ten ten. Yeah, I use twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, so perfect. Far. Yeah, and just and give it once a week. Fertilizer. Okay, and that's working good. And well, it's yeah, you know, that's what it is now. So that's why I'm calling it now. That's, that's so I'm thinking about cutting it down. And uh, you were saying to another guy about doing it in early April. Yep. I was going to do it in you know September. Yeah, I, September. I, I, I like leaving it longer. Let the leaves, let everything die off, let it go dormant, because then all the energy go back into the root system. So if you cut it off when it's full, still leafed out, it loses all that energy that goes back down into it. Yeah, I don't want to do it now because I've got. Yeah, but I mean, even in September, we still have leaves on it, so I, I like oh. to let it go dormant, like it's some uh, like a midwinter project, and oh, then okay. then the fresh dead cuts aren't sitting wide open all winter either. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> the other thing, um, since if you have time, yeah, I've been using um, I've been using some malathion on some cotoneaster hedge that I cut down this year that I got from you guys. Yeah. Um, I really seem to like that over the pure spray green so far. I've been using it on just about everything. Is there anything I should not be spraying that on? <laughs> um, actually, it's fairly safe. But it is, again, be, just to be a little more careful, that is a, it's actually more of a contact chemical. Yeah. Um, and it has a strong whiff to it, too. So you definitely yeah, know you're spraying Malathon when you are spraying it. Yeah. Yeah, Again, just on in glasses. Yeah, just be, just be a little more careful. Watch fresh foliage and watch in the sun. 
Um, okay. But for the most part, I'm not sure. I know like when they used to have the Saigon, you would never put it near an elm tree. It would just crispy fry the leaves. Um, Malathon, I think, is safe for most. Again, re- I haven't used it for a long time. Um, so, again, just make sure you read the directions and what not to use it on. And and don't just spray everything for the sake of spraying it, because the and right now is when you want to spray on your ketoniasters. Um, that the little fly is in hatch right now, and that's what brings on the scale. It had a lot of problems with it on uh, cranberry bush. Yeah, it's <clears> nasty. American high cranberry bush. Yeah, that scale around town, especially depends where you are. If you're near inner city or anywhere, it's uh, it's it's so bad. It's unreal. Yeah. So okay, so I use it about once every week to ten days. Is that fine? Yeah, and but make sure there's something there that you're spraying, especially with a with yeah. a myothon, because it's it's strictly a contact, and you just don't want to be spraying for the for the sickest brain. Okay. Alrighty. Sounds good. Thank All right. you. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with the best selection of annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs of all sizes. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, I know a lot of the uh, people looking for trees right now are looking for the for the larger caliper trees. And um, I must say, working with our growers, um, we got probably some of the nicest caliper trees you're going to find. Um, super happy. We got some... Great uh, Ming cherries and gladiators and hawthorns and some nice big spruce. And I do replenish typically weekly. We bring in a fresh truck in of, of the of the varieties that we carry for the most part. And we try and carry varieties that are going to do well for you in our area. Um, some smaller yard varieties and then the spruce trees and things like that. So anyways, we're going to go. Where are we going to go? We're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to talk to Hussein. Good morning, Hussein. Hi, good morning. Yeah, I planted some Arabian jasmine seeds like about a week ago. Okay. How long before they start growing? Um, they will take a bit to germinate. Um, some of the tropical plants, they can take up to four to six weeks. Oh, okay. It was a, it was a really hard seed, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a peppercorn. Yeah, yeah. So one of those ones, um, and I'm not sure, I haven't grown them from seed, but it, sometimes they'll say to scarify those the seed, like just scratch them. Okay. Um, sometimes that helps, or soak them overnight first and then put them into the soil um, just to help soften the shell. Because um, I know some a lot of those tropical plants, they just take, they take a little longer to germinate, so... Oh, I think so. Yeah, but let me know how that goes, Hussein, because I'm always curious to see on growing different things like that. So let me know how. Were you in the store a couple of weeks ago looking for the jasmine? I'm in Toronto, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, you're in Toronto. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for listening. No, I had somebody in, um, and he was looking for for jasmine uh, just last week. So awesome. Yeah, I ordered them online. Though, yeah. Oh, cool. All right. So you're just listening online. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Hussein. Thanks. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. There we go, all the way out in Toronto as well. We're helping them out. Let's talk gardening. That's good to know. And let's go to, and here we're going to go to Saskatchewan. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. How are you? Good. How can I, I help you? We have not seen a drop of rain in southern Saskatchewan. I've heard that. So my question is, how much do I have to water my lawn to keep it alive? I know I'm not going to have a uh, lush green lawn with this, Weather condition. Are you but near Regina I... or Saskatoon? 
Pardon? Are you near Regina or Saskatoon? I'm south of Regina. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to work with Dutch growers down there to try and get her some of my fertilizer down there too um, with the high middle number because it really helps with drought tolerant because it gets the roots down nice and deep. Um, so it makes a big difference. You're not using half as much water uh, when you to keep your grass green. Um, so typically you want to water at least once a week if possible. Once a week for how long? Um, I like to do it twice a day, like either 10 minutes and then wait an hour or two and then do it another 10, 15 minutes because it's that slow, deep watering, get it saturated in instead of like an hour at one time where it ends up, just a lot of it runs off the grass. I, I prefer two times the slower and deeper. So is it better to do it in the morning or in the evening? Yeah, e- either one. Like for the most part, if you're that dry, you can almost water whenever. But uh, yeah, in the morning is a great time. Just up early and, and uh, put the sprinklers on and have your coffee. And That's... that fertilizer can be put on any time of the season? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. All right. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye-bye. And I got time for one more. I think Bonnie's got a cure for ants for us. Good morning, Bonnie. Yes, my dear. I've got something good for you. Awesome. I like that. You do. Good. Well, I have this book, and this book is one I ordered by Jerry Baker from I don't know where, but somewhere. Anyway, vinegar, the king of all cures. So here you go. (laughs) It's actually supposed to be good for people. It's high in alkaline. Yeah, well, I know. It does all kinds of things. Anyway, create borders around your deck, your patio, or or any... uh, uh, perimeter that you can spray now you can use a spray bottle or you can use it just by a little um watering can you know because yep. i found the spray didn't make it strong enough yeah so, so do you mix it with is, water or no half and half 50 okay. water 50 vinegar okay any kind of vinegar now what i did is i went all along my foundation okay mm-hmm. then a day and a half later i went all around the outside of the flower bed and along the sidewalks and they're gone awesome they're gone. And he said, what they do, they just take off because they don't like it. Now, if you've got them going on a little trail like in house or walkway or somewhere that's not as convenient, they say just do straight vinegar and then wipe it off with paper towel and throw it in the garbage. Okay. Let's go. Now, the other one is if it's going on your hummingbird feeder. You know, sometimes they'll go along yeah. a little trail and yeah. down. And what it says is get yourself um, in one cup of white vinegar, you add... Um, what is it here? Tablespoon of ground cloves. Okay. And you put that in the spray bottle, and then you spritz the trail so they won't get to the humming <laughs> All bird right. feeder. So there you go, and that's supposed to work pretty good, too. So I thought this might help, but I know it worked for me. Okay, so I've half tried... and half, 50-50 vinegar and water. Yeah, and if it's really, really bad and powerful, you can take her on straight. All right, we'll have to bottle it up. We'll call it Bonnie's Ant Cure, and we'll put yeah. your bo- we'll put your picture on a bottle of uh, of vinegar mixed with water. So there we go. Sounds good to me. Awesome. We're on it, Bonnie. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. No, and, and a lot of those ones. Sometimes the home remedies. I'm sometimes I worry about recommending, but something like vinegar and water, we're not going to hurt it. But you always still got to be careful with vinegar. It can be corrosive, so be careful what blend you are getting. Some of them, I know the natural one that they use for a weed killer, like it's called Weed Ease or something like that. Weed Easy, and it has a high potent corrosive vinegar. And they, they tell you you have to wear gloves and that. So just be careful with what vinegars you are using because some of those natural remedies are still really, they can be dangerous. 
and harmful to you or your pets. So just be careful of what you're doing, and uh, and you don't want to be using any of that corrosive of uh, things in your in your garden or, or on your hands. So please be careful uh, with that. And I got a couple of questions. When can we prune a culinary aspen to avoid the bronze leaf disease? Um, you don't really prune to prevent the bronze leaf disease. Really, the biggest thing is is watching any lower damage that you don't use your weed whipper up against the trunk, lower improper pruning near the base, because it seems to start at the bottom and work its way up. That's where I see a lot of it gets in the wounds that way. Um, we haven't seen much of it the last couple years, but uh, if you're just looking to avoid bronze leaf, there's not really pruning that you do. Um, unless you have it, then it needs to get cut out and treated with a fungicide. So, and if it's really bad, you need to remove the tree. Um, sorry about that. And their tag is orange juice. So anyways, and cast mites texted me on regarding the Jasmine and she was said the same thing I was saying is that they do need to scarify and add some sand into your soil. Hussein, make it a little bit, uh, grittier. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to go to Steve. We have parsley time, and we're going to chat a little bit of basil. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, just a quick question. I'm sure it's been brought up a million times, but uh, basil. Now, I'm not growing it. You buy it. I bought it from Superstore. Yep. That's nice, beautiful. How do how can we make that last the longest? Do I put it out? I'm, I'm a west-facing uh, condo. It's time, already or... fresh cut sort of stuff that you're using just in for cooking in that? Correct, yeah, and a little tiny planter, yeah. Yeah, so is it a plant or just a little, uh, or is it the cut um, herb? Uh, Actual plant. Okay. They are some, like they're one, and it's weird. They grow super fast and easy at the beginning, but sometimes they're a little tougher to keep going for some reason. Um, They do like to be used, so they do like to be pinched off as well because they can take off and go to seed quite easily. They like it fairly bright. They don't like to be overly wet as well. Um, So a good, a good, um, like if you, are you going to plant it into a larger pot or anything or? Oh, I was thinking of that. I wasn't sure. I know yeah. there's always a problem with basil, it seems like. Yeah, it is. So I would put them into a bigger pot because a lot of times when you get them like that in the herb section, they're they're put into a quite a small pot. Yeah. Um, obviously, they fit more in the transportation and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. Um, so I just put them into a nice terracotta pot. That really helps the, the, the roots breathe nicely and a really good light potting soil. Okay. And uh, and then just uh, just let dry a little bit in between waterings, and you should be good to go. Oh, right on. And well, like I said, they much. like to be used. And I noticed they, they take cuttings. I know I had a caller a couple of years ago, like, you know, when you go to a Vietnamese restaurant, and if you order the soup or whatever, you'll get a yeah. chunk of basil. Yeah. He used to bring it home, and he would, make, he would take cuttings from it. He would put that into water or into the soil, and he would start cuttings um, of basil from uh, when he went for lunch. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. I shall do. Thank you so much. All right, Steve. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. And there's nothing like again. I chatted earlier about fresh potatoes and and all those kind of things like veggies and green beans and peas. It's just how good it tastes out of your garden and and when you're growing it yourself, it's just it's amazing. So, well, right now I'm going to go to Rick. Good morning, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. How can I help you? 
hey, I got a weeping birch tree in my backyard. Yeah. And uh, I had a renter that uh, decided to take an axe to it. Mm, nice, eh? Yeah, really nice. So um, what's happening now is half the tree is growing leaves and half that the axe damage is on is not growing leaves. Uh, what should I do to try to save this tree? Oh, man. Um, it, it, it's a tough one, right? Uh, without seeing how much damage is done, um, it, yeah, it uh, it probably bled like crazy when he did it. If he did it in the summertime when it was leafed out or, or early, if he did it in the winter when it wasn't leafed out, he would have uh, caused a bunch of bleeding, and that's why you're, you're getting the desiccation on that side as well and just the damage to it. Um, you can try, does it look like it's fairly fresh or quite old? Uh, I think it happened last summer. Yeah. Um, so it's sealed over as best as it could. I, I would maybe get an arborist to have a look at it. Um, we do have a product called Lac Balsam. It's a bark replacement, but I'd get in there and clean out the wound and, and scrape out any of the nasty healing and old bark and then and then cover it with, it's a product called Lac Balsam. It's a breathable bark replacement product. And like, is there big chunks taken out of it or? Yeah, just one big chunk. It's oh. probably about eight inches and hey. it's probably about a half inch deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like I said, you could try sealing that up with the lac balsam. And again, Rage Plus birch trees love Rage Plus. So put the soaker hose all the way around the drip line of that birch tree and give it a good soaking like a couple times a week, maybe for six, seven hours, just really slow out of that leaky hose. And uh, Rage Rage Plus. And a tree that size, I'd probably use three or four five-gallon pails every couple weeks. Okay. Just to get some life back into it and see if it'll push it. Um, it's a tough one. Like I said, that's a pretty good wound on it. And sometimes you might, it'll, the tree will just suffer in five years. You're going to have to remove it anyways. So I just keep an eye on it. And, and unfortunately, sometimes there's not a lot you can do. But try those couple things and see what happens. Okay. Also, I have uh, my grasses right up against the bottom of the trunk. Yeah. Should I cut a hole around that? Yeah, definitely. Do a tree well around it. Um, okay. Remove the thing and put bark mulch. Again, birch trees love that because it'll hold moisture in there. Okay. So yeah, remove six, seven feet around. Put put some nice bark mulch down, and in that way, there's no damage up against the tree when you're mowing the grass and all that stuff as well. So okay, sounds good. Thank uh, you very much. All right, Rick. Good luck. Hope that works out for you and. Uh, Hopefully that guy gets his. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Right, it's nasty. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand stuff like that when uh, somebody's out hacking a tree and thinks that's a good idea. Anyways, if you would like to join me, give me a shout. Phone lines are wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, and that is the talk and text line, or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. And right now, I'm going to go to Gene. And we're going to chat some roses. Good morning, Jean. Hi. How can I help you? First of all, I want to talk about my campfire rose. I planted it last fall. Okay. And um, it was a fairly large and fairly large pot. And it seems to have had a lot of winter kill, I'm guessing, because the leaves are only coming out very near the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, should I just cut that? Did you plant it into the ground? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it probably died back a bit, and typically roses will do that. Is it coming just from the very bottom? Um, well, I no, I would say that um, 
you know, a little ways up. Yeah. The, uh, so just, just prune off just above where it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And again, I would give it a fertilizer, fifteen thirty fifteen, and it'll it'll start pushing roses. And again, this year, especially just planting last year, was a very hard year on a lot of newly planted product. Okay. Um. So again, just uh, give it a good thorough watering, and I would start on a good fertilizer program, sort of once a week up until mid July. Okay. And uh, hopefully that should help. Now, can, can um, would putting Rage Plus help? Absolutely. So do that as well as the fifteen. No, either or. I, oh. I would if you have Rage Plus already, um, go ahead and use that. But sometimes it's just you want to get new growth into it. So if it's not really sickening, roses do respond really quite well to that fifteen thirty fifteen. Well, I do have fifteen thirty fifteen. There you go. Perfect. I have another question, if I may ask. Sure. This involves hydrangeas, and mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. These hydrangeas, it's really their second year. Yeah. And. A lot of them have, well, I've put in quite a few, and a lot of them have very little growth, and it's very near the bottom. Were, were they, what type were they? Do you know what varieties you got? Uh, I do, if I can just remember them, but they're all the, the hardy ones. Okay, the ones with the harder root, the harder wood, not like an Annabelle, right? No, not Annabelle. Okay, okay, so the Annabelle go back to the ground every season, then they come up from the bottom. And I have some of those, and they're doing all right. Okay. But it's the other ones. What do we call? Yeah, probably Quick Fire or Limelight or Bobo. There's quite a few varieties. Those three. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just, you'll, again, I just pruned mine the other day, actually, and they were just coming up in the front. And what they just... They're slow, like they're just starting to leaf out now. So if I gave them Rage Plus... Absolutely, and a good watering, a good soaking. Then doing that, giving them the watering. So the Rage Plus, should I wait and see if more leaves... No, I would do it now as well. Prune them back? no, I would let the leaves push up and just prune just above the leaves where where you see the green coming out. Okay. And these have lots of light? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just just do that and sort of hydrangea so they do they can take a little bit more water so which is good. Okay, so I'll give them yeah, I've been giving them quite a bit of water. Okay, good. All good. right. So with those then I'm to give them rage plus plus prune them back to yep. where the leaves are. Yep. Because then, again, it's not trying to push energy up into that old wood. Yeah. And then you get just above there. And sometimes if they get a bit wonky, if they're one side's higher than the other, you can even them up at this time as well. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. All right. Good luck. All right. Did I take a break at 1040? So we probably got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coons and going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with John and a very appropriate song for John. Good morning, John. How is it? Thank you. Hey, how are you? Not too bad. That's good. I, I've got a little pinhole in the uh, leaves of my new raspberries. Bushes. Yeah, you probably have um, just a tiny little bug in there that's going after the new growth. And uh, have you noticed any like little tiny caterpillars or worms or anything like that? Uh, I've never really inspected them that close. So yeah, maybe have a look, John, on the new growth because um, I think sometimes when it's 
when it's like that on the new leaves, you'll see that. And, uh, and then I think I would just deal with it that way. And, uh, or if you want to send me a picture, I can have a look, but typically on the raspberries and they're pretty resilient to be honest, John too. Like they get that, like they have a soft leaf and they tend to, there's lots of things that like eating them, but a lot of times it doesn't hurt them unless it, it gets in and just devastates the whole thing. But they're always there. You don't see a lot of perfectly leafed raspberries out there like some, but you always see a little bit of damage. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I'm sure I'd be looking underneath. Yeah, just underneath, and even just we're up closer to the top where the real new stuff is. Oh, okay. Yeah, and have a look Pure at that. Green would do it. Pardon me. Would I use Pure Spray Green? Yes. Yeah, I have that. Yep, that would be perfect. Okay. Um, because it's safe to use on your raspberries as well. Yeah, you have uh, bags of white stone. Yes, we do. I can't find them on your web page. Yeah, we probably don't have we don't have all our products on the oh. web page, but we definitely carry the white uh, the white rock bags it's, of it. It's real white. Yeah, yep, pure white bags. Yeah, pure white. Yeah. I guess I'll have to come down. Yeah, or, hey. or let us know, and uh, we can send the boys out with a load to your house if you <laughs> if you know how many you need, and we can get them out to you. Yeah, I need four. Okay. Yeah, we got anyway, lots. I will check in. All right. Good hearing from you, John. Thanks. Take care. Nice Thank you so much. You and your uh, cohort there too. Awesome. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye, bye. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And where are we at? Actually, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll finish off the show after that. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I have had a hoi plant. Okay. That's the one with the beautiful, excuse me, star flowers. Yep. And I can't get it to flower for the love. I've tried everything. Okay, and what type of light do you have it in? I have it in an eastern-facing window, Okay. and uh, it gets quite hot, so I pull it back so that it just has the light and not the direct heat, and I've been giving it 15-30-15 fertilizer. Yeah, and how long have you been giving that for? Um, I usually water it first, yeah. and then I fertilize it after. Sort of once a month or something, or with um, the fertilizer? At first, I was trying about once every three weeks, um, and nothing was happening. I'm getting beautiful foliage and no flowers. Okay. I would just, it's, east is okay. Um, I know it gets hot in the morning, but it could just maybe use a little bit more light. Like sometimes when the blooms, like, unless it's a, it's hard to tell, like usually a lot of those just need a bit more light. Uh-huh. Um, so a, like a west or a south window where it gets a little bit more longer brightness. Okay. Um, and and that should help because um, I know. But I, the funny thing is, like I've seen them bloom in some of the weirdest spots, <laughs> and where you I think have too. you go into someone's house, it's almost shade, and and this things just blooming like crazy, and um, yeah, it's and sometimes. 
you get the, and it's almost like it would be a male plant or something, and I'm not sure if there's male or female Hoyas, but you know what I mean? Like, some of this, they just won't bloom no matter what you do? Right. Was it blooming when you got it? Uh, it had bloomed. Okay. Okay, so we know it can bloom. So I think it sounds like you're doing everything right. But if if, if you had it in this spot and given it that fertilizer for for a longer period of time, I would adjust the next thing, and okay. then that would be the light. So I would try and get into a brighter, not necessarily a hotter spot, but a brighter spot. Okay. And try that. Then let me know how that goes. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And a lot of times when you have plants and you have issues with them, like don't try and fix everything at once because you don't know exactly what it is. Try one thing and sort of see what results you get and then go to the next one and then see what that goes. And I know on some of these cool nights, we've had a bit of frost in some of the outlying areas again. If you do notice a bit of frost, if you're up early, um, get out there and just give everything, just a little quick spray of water on the leaves. That really helps um, prevent any of the damage from the frost and things like that. Give them just a quick, quick mist with the with the hose. Give them a quick spray down on the foliage, and, and that definitely helps. I know early in May when we were getting those cool nights, I had my irrigation set um, every hour for 15 minutes, just every hour on the hour, just to knock the frost off. And, it, it man... This year, I didn't get any any frost damage on my trees and shrubs at the tree lot, so I was very happy that where it's a bit more work, I know I can only set so many start times on my irrigation, so the last couple, I'd get up at 4 in the morning, click it off, because I, I can control it from my phone, and click it on, click it on, so um, definitely, um, it does help, and I got a text in, FYI, Hoyas love rainwater so you maybe want to do a little bit of rain collection as well and uh and see how that goes but right now we're going to go to the phone line and ron's going to share a remedy with us good morning ron yes good morning well i what i use i uh, i have a house mop it's a ultra mop and i yeah and it's a steamer on it okay and i take the hand steamer off and if i want to kill a plant like dandelions or yeah. something else i can kill one at a time by just shoving it down in the in the root and cooking the root okay and it works like a charm and i also use it for for to get rid of some of my ants uh, if i find the queen where the queen is yeah you can put it down there about 10 minutes and and Dis- most of your ants disappear yeah and then you're not contaminating the soil either There's so no chemicals no yeah. nothing no and just steam them out the, uh, uh walmart have them yeah and they can they work really good in the house too for a mop yeah absolutely and it's it's an easy way to get uh, it's slow, but it's an easy way to get rid of plants that you don't want. Yeah, no, just steam just them out. The root. Cook per- the root. Cook it. <laughs> Perfect. Cook the root, and they, they die. Yeah, absolutely. And it works really good. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ron. Okay. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. Thanks. Yeah, no, that that's a good idea. And if you have it just spot spraying instead, you just have that, and that would definitely work as well. Um, and where are we at? I still got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Patty. Good morning, Patty. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I, just, I was just at your place the other day, and it looks beautiful. Thank you. Um, so I have a big deck, faces direct south. It's about 40 feet long by 20 feet wide, so it's like as big as my first house. Um, but um, I'm thinking with the sun, Is there? can you grow trees above ground? Um, you can, but you have to have a nice big planter box, right? Like, And depends. It's sort of like the trees... Like on on Memorial Drive, like they have that raised bed, and they have all those elm trees. Yeah, 
it's really tough because we get those dry winters and if they if they dry out and there's no moisture and those boxes heat up in the sun it, the trees just desiccate because there's nothing left in there so if you build a large enough planter like a raised planter you can definitely have trees planted in them and they and survive they'll live through the winter and stuff. absolutely yeah yeah because just um i see them on rooftop patios and stuff and I'm just going yeah. So it would be nice on our deck just to get some more green, but maybe a little bit more shade. Yeah, and if there's a way, just like I said, try and make it as deep as you can and uh, and then water them in well and have mulch over the top just so they don't dry out so the soil doesn't get too dry. Is there any particular ones you'd recommend? Of trees? Yeah. I, I would stick with the smaller varieties, um, like some of the ornamental crabs or even some of the, the, the stronger ones. What would I maybe put in into their um how much space are you trying to are you trying to create shade or just greenery both i mean like i said we've got you could do hydrangeas would be nice in there even some of the bigger shrubs would do good lilacs would do good um some of the some of like a, a nine bark would do good um the top grafted uh miss kim lilac would be nice as well okay yeah, well i'll get my husband building those planters <laughs> yeah and again, just use good rich soil in there, like good garden mix, and uh, make sure you water them in well in the fall. That makes all the difference. And for drainage on the bottom, I just either use, I just... It, I, it's going to leak out if you're doing a wood planter. There's enough drainage. Don't worry about it. Just go soil. steel kind of, or not steel, whatever, insert in? Yep. And it doesn't need to have holes in the bottom or anything? Well, no, because you're going to have drainage out the side if it's a wood planter. It'll be fine. Okay. Thank you very much. You're have welcome. Thanks, Patty. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, Dennis, I'll come to you after the show. And there's a couple of texts I'll try and get on. Um, and what, the, what was the thing that the man who bought at Walmart? He was he had a steamer. If you're looking, he was steaming out his uh, dandelions. So, anyways, thanks again for listening. And uh, until next week, I'll be back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.